comfort is the enemy of ambition. I think I heard this saying when I was 13 or 14. And it's stuck with me since, really. It's one of those phrases I heard once and it stays with me. You know, I mentioned in the last episode that I'm literally the laziest, most ambitious person I know. And that was a problem for me for a long time. It was a big issue. Because I can want all of these things, but I'll never have them if I didn't do something to make it happen. So in turn, that translated into me trying really the easiest way that I can attain what it is, what it is that I think I want. By getting it, or at least a version of it that would satisfy me, satisfy the ambitious side to me enough, that I, but I wouldn't waste any energy or a lot of energy to get it, or I'll find the easiest way that I can do it. And that has me, that makes me need to circumvent a few things every now and then. But a lot of the time, this comfort, it held me back. And I think it holds a lot of us back because it's easy to be okay where you are when you're comfortable. Why change where you are if it works, right? It's it's a comfortable place. And what's nice is that throughout history, you can see that this comfort, it's what caused progress. Need is the prerequisite to any type of innovation. It's just that our ancestors felt like always, you know, we have this gene inside of us that wants to make things easier all the time to save energy. You know, when we were, were in caves, we wanted to make it more comfortable. So we built a fire and it made us warmer and then we could sleep better. Fantastic. Then we were sleeping on stone, but a stone isn't that comfortable either. You know what? Let me go inside of the forest, find something soft and put it there and sleep on it. It's more comfortable. And after maybe a month of staying there, I decide my bed needs an upgrade. <laughs> and I make it some a little bit more comfortable. Every tiny time, our ancestors made something a little more comfortable. It was progress. And they only did that because they were in a struggle, right? They were uncomfortable. And I guess a part of me, you know, felt really uncomfortable when I didn't see any progress. In myself, mainly, more than anything. If I ever feel stagnant in thought, or if I feel like my situation is, isn't changing enough, isn't moving forward at all, when I see that I've been in a place for so long and it's it's a feeling I can't easily describe, but it's just like I'm I'm not in my right skin, you know, and I have to be somewhere else. Somewhere that's moving faster. And it's not that I'm I'm saying somewhere that it's a different place, but rather just a mentality or a situation that I can create. I can change things up within where I am and make it someplace completely different. You know, even, for example, if you're in a classroom and you're with a lecturer, just sitting there, watching him, where you are is in a classroom, where you're 
sitting there and learning from what this person has to say, what they have to bring back forward into society. But what if a student next to you suddenly got a seizure and stood up and started shaking? It's not a classroom anymore. You're not there to learn. You're, you, first you freeze because you have no idea what's going on and you, your brain has to process it. It's in an entirely different place right now. And then you decide to react or not react, you know, fight or flight. Am I going to try to help my friend somehow? Or am I trying to escape because I'm not sure of the situation and I feel threatened? <laughs> That's a different point, really. But, but no, actually, it isn't. Your brain is used to things happening like that. Your ancestors went through so many shocking moments where their lives literally depended on it. Brains understand that within change there's so much danger possible. Possibility for danger is so high. So it doesn't like change and it doesn't try to act in a way that would enforce it because it knows you know, it has to compute an entirely different equation to be able to try and deal with the situation. And it doesn't want that to happen. Even a hard conversation you would have with a friend of yours, or not just a friend, but rather your boss, you have to tell him something tough. Or a girl you like that you've been dating and you have to break up with her. Or a teacher that you have to fire from her job because she's not teaching children well enough. People have to do some really hard conversations. And sometimes, you know, they're trying to prevent something bad. And other times they're trying to lead themselves to some place better. But these hard conversations, you know that once you have this conversation, once you exchange information with another human being in a certain way, or multiple human beings, that things from that moment onwards, it's an uncharted territory you're going to have to walk through, probably for the rest of your life. At least that's how it seems. And your brain needs to compute all of that, this entirely new set of rules it has to abide by because of that really intense conversation. You don't know how the person is going to react. You have no idea. Are they going to scream? Are they going to hit you? Are they going to fire you from your job? Are they going to raise you, actually, and promote you? Give you the promotion you've always thought you wanted? You never have any idea what that tough conversation is going to to bring. So yeah, I can understand why people decide to stay in comfortable situations, in comfortable places that they understand. Because going out there can, at the beginning, seem very scary. And we avoid. We avoid and avoid and avoid. over and over and over and over again. Why? 
even the things that we truly know we need to do, and it would be the best thing for us to do it right now. Take it and finish it now so you understand where you're going much sooner so you can react faster and go someplace better instead. It's just like that, man. We avoid everything that we have to do. It's comfortable, it's a million things, it's not easy. Picking up that phone and making that phone call, it's not easy opening up the internet and trying to email that person, or it's not just communicating with another human being, it's taking up a new instrument or a new class. You're scared to go to the new class, man. A part of you feels like, you know, something's up. I feel awkward. People there are gonna think I I suck. (laughs) They're gonna think I'm stupid. But let me tell you something, you know. Whenever, Whenever you learn anything, you're going to look stupid. The entire point of learning is to stop being stupid in that area by constantly seeming stupid while doing it. Until at some point you don't anymore and you can... And you can let your heart scream it all out. But because you're too afraid of seeming stupid or... Afraid of the million other things your brain tries to convince you that they're dangerous for you. It stops you from being able to really be who you really could be. Irrational fear is holding every movement you do back. Always. All the time. And what if you let loose? And actually do that. Break all of these barriers. Jump over all of those walls and... Do it. Just stand there and see it. Look at the wall in front of you. Challenge it. I guess this is why so many people drink, though. Makes so much sense. Alcohol just inhibits any type of anxiety or fear you think you have. And lets you do things you never thought you would do in places you never thought you'd be. But in reality, even if you're sober, why shouldn't you be in those places? What's stopping you? And again, when I'm talking about places, I'm not just talking about locations. Every situation, every conversation, every mentality, reality you ever find yourself in, it's always a different place. It's always changing through time. But if that place doesn't change through time, that's where I I really feel 
<laughs> trapped and I feel like I have to escape and go. Really, I, I see that I see that with everything. Everything about myself ever since I was born. I was born a very, very at the beginning very crazy child screaming a lot and running around and hiding under the sink and laughing. I was a fun kid. But then as I grew up, I started becoming really afraid of everything around me. I don't know what caused it, you know. I had, a, I think, a slight bit of OCD. Like, everything I touched, I had to ask my mom if it was okay that I touched it. You know, I felt like something could go wrong if I touched it. It was really weird. And at some point, you know, I hated, you know, it's not like my mom... My mom realized there was something wrong and like she took me to a psychiatrist or anything no i had to and i'm not saying she should have but i looked at everything like that for not that long of a period of time i think it was just six months when i was maybe six actually i eventually got really sick of having to ask about everything i touch and having to think that everything is dangerous that i it just bothered me being in that place and I really mentally pushed myself to not really care about anything I touch it just doesn't matter I started touching things more and understanding them more and realizing okay they really won't hurt me because I had no idea what anything around me was <laughs> everything is new to you as a child and you don't know what it is It's natural to be afraid. Everything about our brain is afraid of anything it doesn't know. But as I grew up, I had, you know, other other quirks. I feel that I had to mentally just jump over and function better as a human being because of it. When I, when I was actually, I think this OCD thing happened when I was three or four, a lot younger. And. Afterwards, I had this period in my life, and I didn't understand why now. Why then? Sorry. But when my mom had to leave the house to go do whatever, I would have her need to tell me goodbye almost 10, 15, 20 times. I would go to her and I'd say, Mom, say goodbye. Mom, say goodbye. And then she'd say, bye. And then she'd say, again, I'd go again, you know, Mom, say goodbye. Mom, say goodbye. I guess I was just really afraid of her going, you know, and I... wanted to feel a bit of her warmth before she left. But I had to stop that too. Didn't. It wasn't right. <laughs> and as I'm growing up right now, I'm, I find myself in those situations a lot where I have to, where I feel uncomfortable and I have to jump out of what I'm in. I remember, you know, I dropped out of a year of uni to come to Germany. That wasn't an easy decision. I don't think for anyone it really is. 
because I really felt horrible there. I, for me, I really felt uncomfortable. And I'm sure most people that were students with me also felt uncomfortable, but they endured it. They took it and they, they were like, you know, I can deal with this. I can handle it. Respect, you know, strong people. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I want to continue suffering this way. And I had to change my situation drastically and change where I was. And whenever I find myself lost within, if, I'm, if I find myself thinking about life the same way for too long, where I don't feel like my thought process sort of improved in computing the things around me and what they are and what my interaction with them should be like, I also feel like something needs to change. And I try to do something about it, you know, read a book meditate more, try something I've never tried before, an instrument, a sport, uh, change my situation a little bit, you know, to feel uncomfortable or awkward in, in a different regard, so that I can feel comfortable again. I met, I went to, uh, you know why this episode is coming out of me, I went to, uh, what's it called? I went to a concert. The first time I actually really liked an artist and wanted to see him play live. It was beautiful. His name is Trevor Hall, by the way. The guy was, you know, the second he walked on stage, he was just so... so comfortable. He was so... He was just himself all the time. And you can see he was such, so calm with her, himself, the way he interacted with the audience, the way he, you know, talked to people around, made his jokes. He even hugged someone at the end, you know, this fucking Ecuadorian dude went up on stage and gave the dude a hug. And he hugged him and then he had to look at the security at the back and, you know, give them a thumbs up so they shouldn't try to... <laughs> get this guy off stage and throw him off, you know, that was fine, this can happen and we should let it happen, you know, we're just people here and we're all living our lives and we're all doing our best, you know, he really, I really feel like he really understood and was so comfortable with who he was deep down inside, without any of those walls in his head, without being afraid of everything that pops up, no, he lets these things happen, he lets them come inside, enter him, every experience, and that's, that's it, you know, we're in a stage in our lives, I think a lot of us, where we block out the possibility of anything new or anything different from happening to us, we all have walls that are so high they won't let anything new inside. And you won't let them. You won't let these new moments happen. Maybe you're not, you know, who knows. But I, I, I still feel like I have a lot of irrational barriers in my head. Walls that really have absolutely no reason for being there. 
rationally, these things have make no sense, you know? Sure, maybe it made sense for our ancestors, because if it happened to them, they'd die, but for us, no. When I tell people that I shower with cold water, you know, I, I take a three-minute hot shower, and then I take a one-minute cold shower afterwards. Let's say five minutes in total, so three to one or three to two. And the water isn't boiling hot, it's just, you know, a bit more than warm. You know that perfect temperature? No, but it's a, I realize the ter perfect temperature is very different for every person you meet. But anyhow, at the beginning for me, when I wanted to go and walk inside of that cold shower, the idea to me felt absolutely insane. I could never do that. You know, this, this you get this feeling like a cringe inside of you. You you get you feel pain actually by just imagining showering with cold water. You know, it's your system screaming to you, don't don't do it. It's not a smart idea getting cold. And your system is really smart for telling you that because if you know three hundred, four hundred, a thousand years ago you found yourself in a fucking cold bath in the middle of nowhere. You just fell in cold water. You were fucked. <laughs> you know, you couldn't warm yourself up. You were you were dead. You were gone. So cold is bad, you know? Like, warm water never killed anyone. It's the getting cold part that kills. So everything about you is screaming, I should not go into this cold shower. And I'm sure a lot of you felt this while, I, while I'm talking about it. But right now, I, I can't do without it. Really. But to do it, it's not like I, I would have it on cold and then jump in. No, I would just say, I would tell myself I'll count to three. And then at two, I would <laughs> put it on cold. And I'd surprise myself with the cold. <laughs> yeah, so I'd do that to myself. I'd force myself to be in that cold water. Pushing that wall, pushing that limit that my brain... Irrational walls in my mind. And that's that. Whenever I take a cold shower, I feel absolutely amazing. It gives you such a burst of energy in you. It wakes you up instantly. It actually regulates the hormones in your body. It gives you this euphoric feeling, releasing endorphins in your head that make you feel good. And it's a funny thing, like, I thought about it a bit, how can becoming cold make us feel so good? And now, now when I look at a lake, when it's winter, I always wonder how long I can, how long can I stay under the water? If it's that cold, you know, naked, of course. I look at it as a challenge, really, it's something exciting, I want to see the limits that I can push. And it's the same with people. Where I can reach in a conversation with someone, how they reacted to the things I said, 
the things that I thought I could tell them. What limits can I push with what I can discuss with this person as soon as possible? Because I always, it's to me that these barriers don't make sense, these walls. Sometimes there's rules or beliefs that we should be that I, I simply don't agree with. And I simply don't think that they're the efficient way to get things done. Or, you know, we all abide by retaining a social image of ourselves when we're interacting with people. You know, reputation should matter to you. But we have a sense for reputation as well within us. We don't want to get rejected, for example, by mates of the opposite sex because within a tribe that would lower our chances with mating with other mates because they heard about your failure in your sexual exploit from the first time and that lowers your value as a mate. Your reputation matters to your reproduction, your status, your power level. And that's why we don't want to get rejected, you know, and that's why we're comfortable being right here, alone in our own lives. Because being rejected by a mate could destroy us. But really, it doesn't. Not at all, not in the least. You know, you'll probably... Never see this person again in your life. You know, I mean, if you just walked up to a girl and asked her out, there's you're never going to see her again in your life, probably. Uh, if you... <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> you know, if you actually... If she rejects you right then and there, the chances of you running into her again are very low. And even if you run into her again, what would that matter? You wanted something to begin with, and you asked for it. And there was either you stay in your situation where you're not getting what you wanted, or you ask, there's a possibility for you getting what you want, and then a possibility for you to continue not being able to get what you wanted. But see, the difference is, now that you know you can't get that, you stop wanting it. You start wanting something else and going for that instead, going forward like that. So that's why taking action to begin with, rather than staying in the place of comfort, will push you forward. It will give you clearer goals. You'll have more information about yourself and the other person to, to work from or to work with. You know, if you had a conversation with your boss, you had to have, you had to tell him that uh, you you want to raise. Fuck it. You know, you go inside and you lay your case out. You think your case at the beginning, you strategize how you're going to you know, portray this information to this person. And then you go inside and you try to follow that strategy as well as you can, whilst sort of, you know, being able to adapt enough to the situation to know how to answer certain responses. But you have to be in that situation to begin with, you know. You'd go inside, you'd do what you have to do. You might get what you want, you might not get what you want, but what you definitely will get is the experience and information you need to be able to deal with a situation like that much better the next time. You could approach your boss again at some point later down the line, but this time you'll know what you should do better, how to lay your case better, how to respond to his questions. Maybe you wanted to complain about a damn colleague. It's, it's Sometimes some 
conversations are very hard to have, but you have to have them. Taking action and getting yourself the information you need will help redirect where you're going. Uh, This episode turned out to be a lot different than I originally planned it out in my head. I wanted to talk about avoidance at the beginning. I wanted to talk about how even if we know what we want, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to talk to that cute girl. I want to call this person and set an appointment. I want to call this restaurant and book a table or ask them if, um, or yeah, call a club to ask them what the dress code for the night is or go to college to study something you know you love or quit your job right now or it's not just things you want you know practice the guitar if you want to practice the guitar if you want to practice the piano if you've always wanted to learn a new language you know there's always something stopping you from going to that you know for you your brain is really accustomed to following paths it's used to because that's the not just the safest, it's just the easiest and less consume, the thing that consumes less less energy, right? When I open my laptop, when I click on Google Chrome, I instinctively just write why. I just type in why into the taskbar, into the search bar, and I don't even have to put in another letter, just why. And the entire word comes up, youtube.com. And all I have to do is click enter. So I literally get to this website with three clicks. Opening the browser, typing in Y, and clicking enter. And I'm, I'm there. And I can consume so much content. Content that is very, very different and very, very engaging, sometimes informative, sometimes entertaining. But then I don't have to think, and I can just consume this without thought. Same with Netflix, if it's not your homepage already. (laughs) All you have to do is write and, and click enter. Maybe you have it as a bookmark, maybe you can open it in one click, you know for fucking you maybe it's the tab that's already open and you just go back to it it's the easiest thing to get to and it's the most comfortable place to stay in because it's you have to do absolutely nothing you have to sit there and consume consume and consume even facebook So if I walk into my house and I sat down on my laptop, the first natural things that my brain will try to go to are the easiest things that it's always been going to. That's the decision that it will try to reach because making a different decision is going to take me more energy. So if I wanted to try to learn guitar, for example, I would have to go online find a guitar store close to me that I can go and buy a guitar from. Maybe a used guitar even to 
to save myself some money and even see if this instrument is for me. But yo, let me tell you, if you're impressed by someone playing guitar in front of you, and you want to, at some point, play as well as the, as they do, then it, it, it is for you, you know, you can't... <laughs> feeling uncomfortable in the beginning shouldn't deter you, is what I'm saying. But anyways, I'd have to find the guitar, I'd have to buy the guitar, I might have to negotiate the price, I might have to see what type of guitar that I need to get in the beginning. Oh, there's so many different guitars, so many different strings. Uh, I need to get a hand pick. What type of hand pick do I want? Which color do I want it? Ah, I'm going to start playing guitar, so I better get a color that I really feel represents my musical journey. Let me get purple. And then you get purple. I actually got red. I didn't get purple. When you get purple... You have to get a capo. This is the thing that you put on the... Let's say if I want to, to start playing the guitar from the third fret, so the third place where you could put your finger for non-guitarists. But like that's the standard note you play on, you put a capo to keep it on that. So the third fret, for example. And then everything plays on forward from the third fret. And yeah, you have to get that too. And you have to think about how how you want it to look like and what price it is and all of that. Okay, and then you finally, you got the guitar. You know, fuck it, let's skip all of that. You just found a cheap guitar in a garage sale and you brought it home. And you have a perfect classical guitar in front of you and you want to learn how to play. Fantastic. Now, where do we start with playing? Huh... That's a tough one. My brain has to decide again. Let me try and go online. Okay, this YouTube video looks cool. Let me let me check this out. And then this guy teaches you how to do a few finger style patterns. Push this string while putting your finger here. You make this noise and do these five different combinations together and you'll make like this really nice tune. And then you'll get your fingers used to this and that, and this is where you hold, and this is how you do it. Oh man, this is actually pretty cool. I made some pretty cool noises with my guitar today. That's fantastic. Okay, that's enough for today. Let's do something else. And then you just watch maybe something, and you fall asleep. Next day, you come back up, and you're like, Okay, yeah, man, I got this guitar. You know, I want to start learning how to play this damn thing, you open YouTube again, you try to find another video that might teach you something. Ah, you know what, let's skip all this process, this isn't efficient, you know, me trying to find a video on YouTube every day isn't going to help me, I need a structured way where I can learn this. Okay, fantastic, let me find one instructor on YouTube that I can follow their videos daily and see how they're like. And so you start checking different YouTube people who can teach the guitar to see which ones are good and which ones are not and which ones you think you can learn from the fastest and then you go through five six seven maybe different guys and you settle on one in the end which is great <laughs> this didn't really happen to me i'm just you know some of it's true some of it isn't well, i'm not that anyways so the next step that you go for is actually practicing the damn guitar every day fucking great we're gonna start learning guitar that's fantastic you know it's been very long already oh man 
<laughs> so at this point, we sit down and we watch these videos and we try to do what they tell us to do. And we try to memorize these things and, you know, we practice this tune for a bit. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I need to practice a bit more. And, you know, I tried to do this this day, this particular finger style pattern and it, it didn't work out too well. Uh, that's not really cool. I, I didn't get it from the first try or two. Okay, then let me just fall asleep and we'll see tomorrow. And then you fall asleep and you go to uni and you you end up preoccupied in uni and then your friends invite you out for a beer and you go out for a beer and you uh, you hang out with them and you have a great night and you come back home and you pass out. And then you wake up again and you go to uni again and you know, maybe your friends invite you for lunch. You got you got a bit tired when you got back home afterwards. And when you sat down, it was already like 9 p.m. and you sleep at 11. You were just drained and you opened up YouTube and you started watching because it's, you know, the least thing that would consume energy from you. And then you watch some, some YouTube videos or Netflix video and then you passed out. Fantastic. Okay, cool. The day after that, you wake up and you're like, oh, you know, I haven't practiced guitar in a, in a while. I should pick that up again, you know. And then you sit down um, that day, maybe later on, and you try the same tune that you tried three days ago. And you, you know, you still didn't do that much better. And you feel less motivated. You're like, oh, but I started a few days ago and I still can't play this tune. It doesn't feel nice, man. You know, it feels awkward in my hand. It's... I'm not in a very comfortable state when I try to pick up the guitar, you know, I find myself in a state where I'm I'm not sure how I should be approaching this and I'm not getting too good too fast and uh, it just doesn't feel comfortable, man. So next time when I come back home and I'm tired, I have the guitar next to me and the laptop to my side as well. And then I look at the guitar and I'm like, cool, I'll play a bit later. Let me just uh, watch a video or two and relax. And then you watch a video or two and you relax. Then you fall asleep because you don't want to stop relaxing. You know, I stop what I find very comfortable to start feeling uncomfortable with something I'm trying to learn. And then that happens the next day, the day after the day after that and you're just someone who has a classical guitar in his room for absolutely no reason hoping maybe one day you'll start picking it up again and continuing you know and this part of you small part you know you can hear it it's not that loud but you can hear it and it's telling you you know you should be practicing guitar you know your guitar is over there it's right over there you might take a few guilty glances towards it, but you'll be like, I'll, I'll do it later. And we'll avoid that. We'll avoid the discomfort. So even if I don't play with the guitar for a long time, what I do. So after a while, you stop playing guitar and you look at it with that guilt, right? But for me, it's never that type of relationship. It's not something I'll ever be afraid of approaching something I want to explore and to keep that 
you know, to, to keep that up, even if I ended up not having enough time to play with the guitar at the end of the day, I just pick it up for a minute, man, and I just touch it, do some chords I know, or try to strum a few lines, you know, just anything, tiny little thing that I can do to keep that momentum going, and to not let me find this thing so intimidating. If I can approach something often, my brain won't think it's intimidating. And I'll feel I'll feel more attuned to it. I'll feel more like one with it. But all that takes is time. <laughs> and that's in literally everything, man. Because if I really want to start something, I'll really have to make decisions and change it. And then who knows what's going to happen afterwards, you know, the, we're always in a state of avoidance. We procrastinate from the exams we have to study because it's uncomfortable. We avoid tough conversations because they're uncomfortable. They make us feel weird. They use a lot of energy from our heads. We don't know what's going to come after this thing happens, you know, an uncertain situation. I don't know what's going to be going on. I can't risk it. And right now, and I'm I'm in a very nice state where most of my social barriers are gone. Most of what I deem some something I'm afraid of, it's really gone, man. And anything I find myself really afraid of, I try to challenge as well. And you know, there's still a lot that I'm afraid of, but a lot of it is irrational fear. A lot of it is fear that doesn't need to exist. A lot of it are things built into us, either through our genetic makeup and what every single one of our ancestors had to learn to survive. Or it's because of cultural beliefs given to me as a kid that taught me to see the world in a certain way so that I can feel safe in it. This is how this works and this is how everything is and this is how everything should always be. That's what we're in all the time. A constant struggle of what action to do next. The one I really feel like I, I should be doing or the one that just makes this pass. Let's this time somehow pass so that I can not be miserable. Because I'm not who I've always wanted to be. Or I'm not a better version of myself that I think I can easily be. I can be informed in that topic that I'm really interested in. I can read that book. I can learn that instrument. I can debate this topic with my colleague. I can argue with my boss about this thing. And it all starts with the little things, right? It all starts with very, very small actions. You decide whether or not you should take in order to do something. Really? <laughs> let's, let's imagine the situation. Let's imagine a scenario. All right. You're a guy going out for a drink. And you want to try to talk to a few girls tonight. And maybe find a nice girl that you can 
call your girlfriend you know you're actually a guy that just you're out with your friends but you'd like to meet someone new you know who doesn't go out and wants to meet someone interesting and new have a tiny bit of an adventure right adventures are good they're fun and this is why we have to drink massive amounts of alcohol so you go into you go into the club right and when you went to the club you're since the second you walked in your your brain is trying to decide on on things way before then since the second you got out of your your home you walk and you reach the bus and you get into the bus and almost all of the seats are taken except one but you'd have to ask someone to move the one sitting next to that seat you're gonna have to ask him to move to sit in that seat and you decide ah you know what I, I shouldn't bother him I'll just stay standing for the next 25 minutes so you, okay no problem you meet up with your friends and you know you you joke around one of your friends makes a really stupid joke about you that you genuinely didn't like but you accepted it because you know fuck it I don't want to cause a scene and we're all friends and we're all cool and then you go to the club and then the bouncer you know gives like you're afraid of the bouncer even before you walk in you're not sure should I show him my ID now or should I wait till he asks me for my wallet or is he even gonna ask me for ID should I just try to walk in so you you walk in eventually you get in and then when you give your jacket to the to the lady it was cold and you it's, it's winter you have a jacket with you you gave your jacket to the lady and it costs um let's say one euro 90 to leave your jacket and you gave her two euros and she kept the two euros and didn't give you the 10 cents back and you you asked her you know you didn't bother asking her for your 10 cents sorry and then you just didn't you you didn't bother asking back for your money you know it's what's rightfully yours and you know she just acted as if it, it pissed you off but it didn't piss you off enough to react to it so you let it happen and then you walk over to the to the bar and the bartender looks at you and he's about to take your order and then someone next to you that was a bit louder takes his attention and orders instead of you and you don't say anything about it and you wait till the bartender is done with their drink and then he comes back to you again and then you get to order what you want and then you're not really sure of what you want to order you know um but then you order something fine no worries and you sit there with your drink and you're in that bar and you look at this cute girl a girl you'd really like talking to this night a girl you think you'd have a really fun and interesting conversation with you look at her but you think ah nah man she's she's talking to a friend of hers and i, I don't want to really get into their conversation you know at all it's just so yeah so you're there and you had a goal for being there and you've made the decision not there you made the decision the second you walked out of your door 
and at what moment are you waiting for you know at what you know you saw the girl that you wanted to talk to and you didn't talk to her so what are you waiting for are you waiting for her to talk to you or are you waiting for you know some magic where when you're walking out of the, the bar you somehow she trips and you catch her and you know she's in love with you that instant you know is is that what you're waiting for um i'm i'm a bit lost you know do you expect any of that to happen well, i i i don't think so so at what point are you going to be able to have that conversation you've always wanted to have the only way you can have it you know is to actually fucking have it you have to have the balls to be vulnerable enough to go and put yourself in a situation where someone else could possibly hurt you and rejection hurts really but it's an irrational fear You go home that night and you fall asleep and tomorrow's a new day and nothing in your life has changed just because one person told you no. You know, and there's something validating of the opposite about the opposite sex being attracted to us. We want people to be attracted to us. We want to feel attractive. It's validating having another human being give you that much attention and that's why there's a lot of people that live off of that attention and there are people i really dislike man so that's that but once you have that conversation you go up and you tell that girl hi i thought you were interesting and i want to see if you actually are <laughs> you know how is she going to respond she either challenges you back and proves that she's interesting and the type of person you want to talk to or she proves that she isn't by giving you a simple no and then you can adjust what you want because you have more information then you can actually understand where you stand and then instead of thinking about talking to this one girl the entire night you can actually focus somewhere else where you'll find maybe another cute girl that actually wanted to talk to you this entire time and you had the most lovely conversation but then when you had to ask her for her number you said ah i'll ask her later you know <laughs> i don't feel like right now is the right time Yeah, and then you don't. Ask. Let's assume you ask her for her number, man, and you win this. You know, let's continue from the story. <laughs> it's just that it's quite simple, you know, in terms. It's just that you have something you want, and you know the steps to getting it, but you constantly avoid following those steps because you're afraid of not being able to get what you want. 
if that thing reacts in a different way, or if you're not aware of how this thing you want is going to react. And then there's a part of you that's also afraid of getting what you want, because that's also a new situation that you don't understand, you know? A lot of guys don't get that. A lot of people don't get that. Anything new is scary, but it's also so fucking exciting, isn't it? Something more interesting to come along and help me make sense of all of this. And that's what I want. I want to experience as many new things as possible, you know. Within bounds, you know. Never heroin and never meth. (laughs) You know, within bounds, you know. You don't want to destroy your sustainably built idea of of your being, you know. It's just that I guess everyone has an image of the world. And I created an image of the world that's sustainable, to myself at least, you know, where it doesn't have to completely crash before building itself back up again into something different. Because that's what happens, you know, you live on a certain principle or reality for a certain period of time, and then something drastic happens and changes that reality for you completely, and you're in an entirely new place. And you don't understand how you should react, and you stop understanding who you even are, and then you 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 need to somehow get out of that and know how to react. And sometimes you you know whenever you're growing into anything, you will always go down before you go up. You'll always get bad days before those days get better. But within I'm talking about the really how how you're perceiving reality right now, the lens you're really like labeling and classifying everything through. This filtering thing, man, it's so you're seeing everything differently all the time. But I built an idea of my system is that change is a very integral element within what all of this is you know i will look at everything through the lens of this is going to change this will not stay this way this can't this can't stay this way you know you think our lives are sustainable you think anything we're doing is sustainable at all and it's not just that you know I look at it through a lens of change, but it's not just that this thing is going to be different at some point. It's also that it was something else before that too. Something that made it into this. You know, especially with people, man. When I look at, when I talk to anyone, no one's themselves just because they're themselves. You're a product of so many different things. And I can understand why some people can be like they are. I can understand why anyone is the way they are, man. It's You're you, and you're complicated, and a lot of things made you complicated. And it's my job to understand that you're not just the you that I'm talking to right now. You're literally everything you've ever been through. But at the same time, I don't define you by all of what you've been through. I define you but by the good qualities you try to show me 
despite of having have gone through all of that, that you were able to, as a person, make something better out of it, out of what you've been given your entire life. And you get to make the decision. You get to make the decision with a lot of things, man. But it takes energy to make those decisions. And energy is not something we have a lot of to waste. And that's why we don't make those decisions that we know will change everything. Among other reasons too that I explained. <sighs> so at some point I should reach a conclusion for this episode. I can't... Um, you know, I, I personally can't sit down here and talk forever, but I can't expect you to sit down and listen to me forever. Even though you should. So that's basically what I think interferes with everything that we ever wanted. Going back to my previous episode, Understanding Want. We never take that step to go for what we want. And I think it's important to understand why we don't. Before we can rationally look at these walls that are in front of us and we can deconstruct them together. To push past them and be better people because of that together as a big family that just wants to play that wants to learn grow and play that's literally all any of us truly deeply want inside we're beings of play and not just us, every living being is in constant play, man. How the birds fly around each other. How dogs play with each other. Jump around and bite and laugh. Everything wants to play. It's fun. We're in a different world and we're trying to somehow interact with it in a way that we enjoy. <sighs> so let's break through these walls one by one. Let's stop avoiding everything we know we need to do. Procrastinating on things that we know will lead us to where we've always wanted to go or at the very least a better place than here because that's where you can start little by little, step by step one decision at a time we'll jump over all of these walls until I have you shower in, in cold water that's it my goal is to get everyone listening to this podcast to shower in cold water at some point during their listening history. This is my mission from now on.
but just just do it for the fuck of it really you know just just to see how it makes you feel <laughs> just for a second you know switch it to the cold water and quickly quickly back to the hot you know but like you instinctively decide to do it not instinctively sorry you consciously decided for one second to be cold to see how it feels that's it just experience it for what it is you know without any fear without any judgment nothing bad is gonna happen to you <laughs> just see how just cold water feels on you did I convince you yet? <laughs> no the goal is to have you consistently shower with cold water not just once once never accomplishes anything. Yeah, really, I really think we're all instinctively here to just play. And I just want a world where we can all play together. But it's it's as if playing is a sin. You know, it's as if I... It's wrong for us to have fun. It's wrong for us to enjoy ourselves. Everything we do is a sin. We feel like there was something wrong about what we did. <laughs> and for what end? We're allowed to play together. We're allowed to talk together and mingle around and discover and have fun. Explore thought from an entirely different avenue. I mean, people are so different, man. And we're all this complicated we're just as complicated as the next person and there's so many com so much computational power in that every brain has, has so much information every brain is seeing the world in an entirely different way Everything they focus on, everything they see, everything they think. The conversations they tell themselves, the judgments they abide by. Wow. And you try to understand all of that all the time okay so i think i'll end this here honestly like um it's been an hour and a half of me talking i might not upload the entire hour and a half there's going to be major edits to this one <laughs> a lot of things have been said but i think it's time to call it a night so welcome to the clarity of the night Welcome to Midnight Wisdom. Avoidance, man, is something we all have to deal with. I just want to break down these walls. That's it.